Welcome to another episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. My name is Aisham Hipshire, and I'm here with my main dude, Tanner Santucci. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? What's going on, man? Hey, this is going to be a fun little episode because everyone kind of gets to dive into to your brain rather than a guest, right? So this is yeah. technically our first official episode. Right. So now right. we get to all learn more about you, Mr. Aisham Hipshire. For sure. For sure. I'm a little nervous. Um, it's weird to be interviewed on my own podcast and uh, hopefully you guys don't hear a bunch of sound in the background. I've got uh, some family friends over and my kids are going nuts. So you guys see me like shooing them off that that's, that's what's going on. So nonetheless, I'm excited, man. Let's, let's, uh, let's get into this. What do you got for me? Yeah, man. So let's just start with the basic. I'm sure everyone's going to want to know a little bit about your backstory, where you came from, how you got into real estate. So let's, let's roll with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am a military brat from Florida. Both my parents were in the Air Force a long, long time ago. And I grew up on Air Force bases and lived all over the world and saw some really cool stuff. Um, and one thing that I realized over time is that, you know, a lot of kids had, you know, normal normal, you know, visions for their future. And, you know, they wanted to be a doctor or a pilot or an architect or whatever, you know, whatever. I wanted to be rich when I was a kid. I really did, man. And it, it was, it, it sprang from, you know, just seeing all this cool stuff around me that wasn't a part of my life or lifestyle. Um, and I just, I, I knew that money could bring those things into the picture. Um, but I've never been a money motivated person. Um, so, so, so that, that was the challenge and the, uh, um, I don't know, and, and the goal at the same time. So it was fun. So anyways, uh, military brat parents move all over the world and we finally settle in Florida. Um, so Florida is where I call home. That is my home state. I've got Florida tattooed on my back, Florida, everything, Florida, Florida Gators. I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, but, but that's, that's a whole nother story. That's, that's a whole 50 States type of thing. Yeah, bro. Yeah. The, the Cowboys, you know, you gotta, I don't want to say you gotta love them, but it, it's, it's hard. They make it hard, but nonetheless. Um, yeah, man. So I, man, my, my real estate journey is interesting one, right? So I'm in the military. I eventually at this point, I joined myself, right? I'm in the military. I'm doing my thing. That's what I knew. Um, that's what I was comfortable with. And in my real, in my military journal journey, I stumbled across the book, rich dad, poor dad, right? Which seems to be like the common, uh, book that, that a lot of, uh, investors, you know, uh, the seed was planted, you know, with that one. And it definitely, you know, that was my story. Um, and so reading rich dad, poor dad really kind of broke my, my brain, man. and made me realize, oh, cause that whole, you know, the whole, uh, um, you know, his, his story with his poor dad growing up with, with, you know, the poor dad philosophies that he had, he wasn't poor financially. He was, he was poor in philosophy, you know, poor in understanding the accumulation of wealth and, and whatnot. And then he had his rich dad, which is his friend's dad, you know, and I had a very, very similar story at that point. Uh, so that book was just kind of blowing my mind. I, I really, really dug it. And it, like I said, it planted the seed. And I knew at some point that real estate investing was going to be my bag. I just knew it. I had no clue how to do it. I didn't have the network. I didn't have the money. I didn't have all the stuff that you initially most people think you needed uh, to get into real estate investing. So 
I didn't have any of that stuff. So I just pushed forward with my military career with this goal in the back of my head of uh, being an investor. And so one day, you know, 15 years later, I go through, I do all this stuff and we can talk about some of this stuff later, but I do all these things. I get into network marketing. Uh, I build a team in network marketing eventually, you know, over the years of learning that um, I start my own businesses. I start a consultancy. I start a lot of, you know, fun, cool stuff. I was a, I was an employee for a long time at banks and sales organizations and all kinds of stuff. Um, and so anyways, nonetheless, I, you know, I, I'm at this point uh, of my journey where I get a TikTok video that my neighbor sends me. And this TikTok video was Paul McComas, rest in peace, um, talking about how easy it is to uh, to sell paper, right? As he said, like he would sell contracts and he would make 5,000, 10,000, whatever off this, these contracts. And me not being a money motivated person, I, I saw that real estate was attached to this and, I'm, and it just kind of piqued my curiosity. I'm like, what is this stuff all about? I've heard of wholesaling before, but at the point where I heard about it, it was introduced to me by a person of, of pretty low character. And so I was, I just attached that emotion, you know, with that, that service or product. And I was like, no, nah, it's not for me. Um, but now, you know, it's being, this TikTok video is being shared by someone I, I respect. And I'm, I'm watching this video of this guy I know nothing about. And so that just prompted more questions. And so my buddy said, Hey, I actually have a guy who's doing wholesaling that I work with. Um, maybe, you know, you two can talk. And I was like, bro, set up a lunch like this, this, this has got to go down. I need to know more. Um, so I meet up with a gentleman um, named Jesse. Uh, Jesse Stanton is a stud in Jesse. the world. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Um, we're going to have him on the show, actually. Um, but Jesse's a stud in the world of um, wholesaling, but, but more specifically creative finance. He's, he's a ninja. He's great. Um, but nonetheless, Jesse, I sit down with him and I'm like, yo, dude, what's your deal? And he's like, man, I'm doing great in this real estate thing. I'm making a ton of money. I'm getting out of the air force. You know, I've got this crazy lifestyle that I'm living and I've always been attracted to the lifestyle. You know, it's always been my thing, man. How can, how can I build something to where I can go hang out with my family and my friends and do whatever I want, whenever I want with whoever I want. It's always been my thing. Um, so yeah, so Jesse tells me about this, this thing called wholesaling real estate. I immediately asked, after asking him all the questions that, that I needed to ask, um, one namely is, can I do this anywhere? Cause I'm, I currently live in Alaska right now. You know, my wife is active duty air force. So we move every few years and I needed a business that I could do virtually essentially, you know, something I do online, um, but still have some consistency in everything I knew about real estate. You pretty much had to live there. You had to live there. You needed to build a big network. You needed to know people. You need to go to meetups. You need to do all this stuff. And I'm like, crap, I can't do that. You know, I move every two years. I can't buy a house and then move every two years. You know, I'm going to have different property managers all over the place. And so I, I just ran into all these troubles. But then when I learned about wholesaling real estate, the aha moment went off. So I, I went home, I immediately started, um, you know, watching YouTube university and downloading all this stuff into my brain, listening to podcasts. And um, there's about 160 hours worth of information that I took into my brain in about a period of, I don't know, probably six weeks. Um, just constantly every single day, I became obsessed, obsessed with real estate. Um, so much so to where I was almost forced into action. Like I was learning so much that I was at the point where I like, I just had to put some of the stuff into action. And 
like probably like a lot of the viewers and listeners, you know, I suffer heavily from, uh, you know, uh, paralysis by analysis or quote unquote overthinking. Um, you know, I'm, I've always been a massive believer that I don't think underthinking is the way to go. Um, but overthinking can also just be, you know, ginormous waste of time. And so I was at the point where everything that I was learning, I just needed to put some of this stuff into action. You know, I was scared as hell. Of course, I, I, I was going to mess up. I knew I was going to mess up. I'd done business before where I just, I, I wasn't comfortable yet with messing up, but I just knew it was part of the course, you know? Um, and so, man, I, I, I went after it and, uh, I made a, uh, I made a post, a Facebook post. Any who, who follow me on Facebook, you can actually scroll back, uh, to what, like probably April of 2022, uh, some, something around there where I did a video saying, Hey guys, like I'm looking, you know, this is a new career for me, family and friends, please support me on this. Here's what I'm looking for. I told him I'm looking for, you know, distressed beat up houses and whatnot. And a buddy of mine, uh, sent me a text. My, my boy, Jeff sent me a text um, and said, Hey dude, I was, uh, he was, he was driving for Uber at the time. He's like, Hey man, I was driving a guy around and he wants to sell his house. I'm like, what? <laughs> he wants to sell his house. I'm like, how did this conversation to forget all that? Like, dude, do you have his number? And he's like, yeah, I have his number. Awesome, man. Send me his number. So I get his number. I have no clue what I'm doing. I sent this guy a text. I'm like, hey, I, I hear, you know, a buddy of mine says you want to sell your house and whatnot. And he's like, yeah. Um, it actually took him a while to respond to me. I texted him. I think I called him a couple times and I texted him again. So one, one, one thing is if you're getting started in this business, be persistent. Absolutely. Have dogged determination. So anyways, nonetheless, I, I got in touch with this guy and he does want to sell. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I knew nothing about ARV. I knew nothing about comping properties. I'd heard of all these things, but I had zero experience in this. What I did have was my buddy, Jesse saying, Hey man, if you want to get started on this, I'll buy your first deal. So I had the confidence that I had a buyer and, uh, that, that, that's a big lesson that, that I'm, I'm going to get to eventually in this whole story. <laughs> and so anyways, I, uh, I, we're out there, you know, we're, we're in the middle of this. I, I, now at this point, I had this, this deal under contract. I think I bought it originally at like two twenty one, I think. And I forget what ARV was, but it, it was a pretty nice little spread. And I ended up after, you know, and by the way, a lot of people, a lot of my friends, including Jesse told me this wasn't a deal. Um, the price I locked it up at, just, you know, everyone was saying it was too high. It was too high. It's too high. Um, but no one would help me. No one reached out and said, Hey, here's how you should break down the numbers. Right. Um, and I'm not blaming anyone for that, by the way. Um, but that's just something that never happened. So I just had this determination, like I've got to find a buyer for this. They're all saying it's too high, but there's buyers are human beings. And it's not like, you know, these investors have all have the same calculations and are play, like, I've got to find someone who's going to buy this at this price. And so, I don't know, it's probably three or four days later, I, I finally did find a buyer and that was a whole shit show. Just trying to go through all that rigmarole and, and figuring out if he was lying to me. Cause it took him, I only asked for $500 EMD from my buyer earnest money. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so it took him like almost a week to put up the $500 and I was sweating it, man. <laughs> but, 
but nonetheless, man, we, uh, we got the deal to the finish line. And originally I was set to make 20 K on that deal, but he asked for a retrade at the, at the last minute. And I didn't know what any of that stuff meant or whatever. And so I knew that I was set to make 20 and I'm like, ah, it's kind of greedy. Maybe, maybe I can just reduce it in half and maybe he'll still do the deal. So I ended up making 10 K on the deal and giving 10 K more to my buyer, um, which in the end worked out great. Cause I ended up building a great relationship with that buyer. Um, but nonetheless, the deal's done. I made 10 grand. I did it on my own through wholesaling real estate. I had no mentor. I had no network. I had no, you know, other than my friends, um, I had no book of business. I had nothing. And I produced 10 grand, you know, and the EMD, my EMD, I didn't even put earnest money in my contract with the seller, which I now know was foolish, but right. I had no earnest money. <laughs> I just had a contract. That's all I had. Um, and then my buyer, you know, put up $500 of EMD, which would have been mine had it, you know, the deal went South, but nonetheless, everything worked out good. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it, man. That That's how I got into this biz. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you that 10 K on your first deal is not a little bad, not a bad, uh, payday. And how, how long from start to finish? I mean, did, did it take you to close that deal? Uh, the closing, we had originally set the closing, it set the deal as a 14 day close. Um, but the buyer uh, was using hard money at the time. I knew nothing about any of this stuff. And so it just it, <laughs> it, it took longer. Yeah. yeah. And no one was telling me the truth. Hey, this is what's happening. Here's why it's taking longer. It was just, hey, can you give me to this day? I'd give him to that day. Hey, can you give me to this day? I'd give him to that day. And I'm like, man, this is... I was just, I, I kept thinking the whole time, like, man, I hope this guy doesn't, doesn't pull out. But one thing I did have in mind, I had like crazy, crazy optimism around this thing. I remember, yes, there was fear, you know, it was more so fear of someone lying to me than it was fear of losing the deal. I wasn't afraid of losing the deal. I just didn't want to be lied to. And I didn't right. want someone to feel like they could get something you know, over me just because I was new. Um, so one of the things I did was I, I was very transparent with people, which I don't know if this is a good idea or a bad idea, but I told my buyer, this is my first deal, dude. Um, I, I never told the seller that, but I told title, I told all these people that this is my first deal. Like, please just help me. And I think that helped more than anything. Cause I didn't, you know, I kind of relieved myself of the pressure of not making any mistakes by just being honest with people. And, you know, moving forward in my business today, honesty is a massive, 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 massive part of why we're so successful and why we're growing so quickly. Um, I think that's an important lesson to learn for a lot of people um, in this business, even people that have been wholesaling and done a few deals or whatever, is that transparency and honesty it scares people because exactly that thought that you just mentioned, like, oh, I could lose the deal because they think I'm new and they think I'm stupid and they don't know what I'm doing and all these, you know, thoughts that come in your head. But really, when you're genuine and you're authentic and you're honest and you're transparent and you communicate, so many more people respect that, whether you're new or whether, you know, you've been in the business. And so Absolutely. I I think, would you say, would you say that's one of the important lessons you learned from your first deal or what would you take away? What was the biggest learning lesson you learned from your first deal then? hundred percent, dude. It is literally the reason why I started this podcast, why the, like this brainchild came into my head because I knew for a fact that that deal would not have happened for two reasons. One, just my positive outlook on this whole situation. I knew it was going to be 
a good deal. I knew it was going to work out. You know what I mean? I just did. I just knew it. So I had zero scarcity. It was all abundance on, uh, in my head at this deal. Absolutely. Now, this was, this was something that took work. You know, it took years of work and reading lots of books and, and all kinds of cool stuff to get to this, this method of thinking. But it's a commonality that I found, you know, in, in talking with successful uh, real estate uh, investors, more specifically wholesalers, is they didn't have all this doubt and fear going into their deals. You know, they just, they just w were in it, you know, problem solved, problem solved. It's all it was, you know, the problem will pop up and you just go and solve it. And so I think, you know, just having the, the, the outlook that this thing's going to work out great. And if it doesn't, I'm going to learn a valuable lesson from this and just be able to move in or move forward. And then also, man, I, it's so funny, Tanner, because I got 10 grand my first deal, right? Only because I had no number higher in my head and I had no number lower. Literally everything that I listen, all the podcasts I listened to, I don't know if the other smaller, the bigger numbers just like went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> but I kept hearing people making 10 grand. I kept hearing people making 10 grand a deal. Yep. And so I just had it in my head that I'm going to make 10 grand, you know? So when I initially set out to make 20, I was just like, whoa, like 20 grand. Like, that's crazy. That's like, that's what, you know, it, it takes some people a quarter or six months to make, you know, uh, I'm making a one deal. And so that's why when I, when I gave up 10 to make 10, it, it was nothing. I wasn't like, you know, there's a little bit of afterwards when I found out and I learned there's a little bit of, ah, oh, that mother, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> there's always whatever. that feeling. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, the 10 grand was just, it was there. It was the number that I had in my head and that's, that's the number that came to fruition. So yeah, th those, those are the tips, man. Just have a positive, optimistic outlook on this deal, but do not fall in love with the deal. Don't do that. Don't, I did not fall in love with this deal. It was my first deal. It was the only deal that I had, but I wasn't like married to it to where if, you know, the, if the seller would have called me and said, Hey man, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, whatever. I wouldn't have been, I promise you, I wouldn't have been crushed. I wouldn't have been, I wasn't expecting that by any means. So it's not like I was preparing myself emotionally for that, but I just, stuff happens, you know, <laughs> like it wasn't, it wasn't, I knew that wasn't the beginning and the end of my real estate career had, had that it happened. So I just had this positive, positive, you know, outlook. And, well, I, th and I think that's important also for, for people to, to realize and understand is like you said, don't, don't get too emotional or too married to the deal. Um, because it's luckily for you, you were, it seems like you were already, you know, you didn't need the 10 K like you weren't desperate for the 10 K or like, you're going to lose your house. You can't pay rent, can't pay your car. But it's a commonality in this business for people that get into it. They're almost desperate for that they deal. Need it. Yeah. So what's the tip that you would give to someone or maybe some advice that you would give to someone that says like, oh, I have to have a deal in 30 days or I'm going to. Great question. Or Great question. Die. Great question, bro. If it, my, my tip for this person, and I don't know if I'm qualified to give this tip, <laughs> but my tip for you is to go get a job. Real talk. Yep. Uh, if you need money right now and you're, you're the money that you're needing is coming from your business, I, me personally would say you need to relieve yourself of that pressure. You need to relieve yourself of that strain unless you can mentally get to a place where you're not desperate, you know, because it, 
it reeks. I always say desperation is a stinky cologne because it is, it reeks. Like people can see it. People can sense it. People can pick up on it. We hear it all the time when we're working with certain uh, wholesalers that are new. You can hear the desperation. Yep. You can hundred percent hear it, especially if you tell them that the numbers don't work and you walk them through, you hear the desperation of them trying to justify in their head how yep. they can make it work. And I just wasn't there. You know, I, I, I wasn't desperate. I, I didn't need the money. I sure I was looking forward to it, but we were fortunately, you know, in, in our family, uh, we were in a position where I didn't, I didn't need this money to work, you know, in my business. And so I would say to, to any of you uh, that are listening that need to make this deal happen, there's so many ways to, to flip things and go get some quick money right now. There really are. I, I do it with my family all the time. Anytime they hit me up for money, I'll say, what can we sell? What can we sell? Because there's, there's, I guarantee you, there's a ton of stuff that you can sell. There's a ton of things that you can do right now to make money um, that's not going to hurt you. Or you can sign up for Uber. You can do Grubhub. You can go do food delivery. There, there's things you can do to relieve the financial strain from you, from you having to make a deal to keep your lights on. That to me is right. crazy. It's foolish. I, I would never run a business that way. So yeah, that's well, my insight around that. No, and that's that's great insight because I think, like I said, it's important for those that feel desperate, that feel like they need the next deal or they need their first deal. Um, you know, it's important to to realize, like like you just said, go get a job, go 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 do something else that's going to provide like actual money and income, like stable income. Sure, you could work on wholesaling on the side, like we, me and you both know plenty of people that do it outside of their W two, and they're making fifty, sixty k a month just as Absolutely. like a side hustle. Right. Most side hustles for people is like going garage selling <laughs> on the weekends and selling, buying some shit for like a hundred bucks and turning around and flipping it for like 300. But people are doing that on the side. So like I almost it blows my mind, by the way, it blows my mind that people have side hustles that eclipse their income and yep. their normal W2, but they still love the W2. And I applaud that. There's this weird thing right now in the entrepreneurial world that people shit on W2s. And man, I, I almost, I don't, I don't know. I just, I have almost a visceral reaction to that because everything's necessary. Like there, it's all necessary. It really is. And, and I'm not, I don't want to stand on, you know, on, on my soapbox or anything, but just say this, if you, if you're in a job right now and you cannot wait to leave your job because you want to have the freedom um, of an, of an entrepreneur's life or, or of a, you know, business owner or whatever. I applaud that. I get that. I totally get that. And there's no buts. None of that stuff's coming, but be self-aware. If you are trying to be an entrepreneur and do all that stuff because it's cool right now, because Gary V told you so, or, or whatever it is, Gary's my man, by the way, I got tons of books from him. I love that dude. Um, but being an entrepreneur is cool. It's hip nowadays, you know, and there's some people that just aren't built that way. They're really not. Some people don't mind having a job. There's some people that, that kind of need, um, that built in, um, what's the word, the word starts with the A where, where people accountability, yep. um, some people need the accountability of a job. They need someone to say, Hey, come here nine to five, go do this, go do that. There's nothing wrong with people needing that. You know, I needed that in the beginning. I really did until me personally, I realized this whole time, oh, that's why I never kept a job longer than, you know, two yeah. months or a year. I just hated people telling me what to do. Me personally, I just, I hated that. I, I really did. And so for me, it made sense for me to, to move into this world. But for some people, I mean, we're going to have some phenomenal guests on this show that are still, um, still, uh, 
you know, there's, they still have a job and they're crushing it, you know, in their business. Racky Zidane is someone I'm thinking of. Uh, Brittany Behrman. Oh, one's uh, in high Behrman's school. crushing One just got out of high school. Absolutely. There's people in high school, you know. So nonetheless, uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. I, w- I would just say the more, the more, the more potent thing to focus on is being self-aware is really, really being true to yourself, recognizing who you are, what value you bring and what you want to do and just be, being honest. You know, and look, he, here's the reality of it. Um, and, and, and this isn't me preaching to people that want to be an entrepreneur or go, you know, try the entrepreneur way, but there's a lot that goes into it that doesn't get talked about in terms of being an entrepreneur. There's a lot of sacrifice that people you have to make and you don't realize it until you're in. And then you're like, an, it's like an oh crap moment. Um, and you're like, I wish I would have done this. And there's, it's not just being an entrepreneur and starting a business and being the owner of a business and running a business. It's not as easy as it's made up to be. I mean, we, I mean, me and I should both know we, we own a company together and it's a lot of work because, you know, you're building systems and, and, you know, you're managing people and people, all that, all that kind of stuff that goes into it. And a lot of people, I feel like, and, and I'll be blunt. I feel like I've already feel like I've met a few people in this business where, I don't think they're cut to be a true entrepreneur. They, there's a lot of excuses being made. There's just other things that go, all play into effect, like effect and play into the, the type of entrepreneur you want to be in general. And Aishan's right. Like not everyone's cut out to be. And just because, you know, W2 is the route that you, you take and the route that, you know, wholesaling or real estate is a side hustle for s- most people. And like, it's important to understand your values, what's important to you, what time you want, the security you want. Because again, as an entrepreneur, there's no security. It's especially in real estate, um, there is zero security. And so you don't have people paying insurance for you. You don't have where you can just clock in and out and you know you're getting a paycheck regardless of the amount of work you do that day. It's There's none of that. You have to bust your ass to be an entrepreneur. And so if someone like Aishan that's saying, um, he's coming in and, and giving you guys all this great advice. It's, it's important that a lot of you guys take it in and realize that because Aisham is someone that works extremely hard um, as someone that works with them. And so I get to see on the front lines every day of, of this man going and building systems and calling people and talking to people. Um, so that's a testament to you, Aisham, for being amazing and an awesome business partner. And, um, Thanks, but let, let's, let's dive into some mindset stuff to man. What's, what's, um, what, what's kind of pushed you in the route of being an entrepreneur? And, and I don't just mean like, oh, I wanted time freedom, but in, in the sense that like you were ready to take the risk because that takes, you have to have strength mind in your mind to be able to take, be willing to jump, right? Not just stand on the edge and look over, but be willing to jump. So what's some mindset stuff that has really helped you along your entrepreneur journey? Absolutely. Yeah. Great question. Um, for me, it's all about, and I, I think this goes for me as well as I would almost dare to say everyone else, it's all about your associations, you know, who you surround yourself with. Um, you know, I, I, I forget who, who it was at this point, but you know, you become the average of the five people you hang around with the most. Um, and that's so true. Uh, and so me for myself, um, the minute I stopped hanging around W2 minded people and started hanging around 1099 minded people, um, it started to make the, the shift then. Um, and you know, it's just getting, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, there's a lot of these little sayings that, that, that I can drop, but, uh, it's, it's the truth. And so for me and my story, um, 
I, so I was in the air force, right? I got out of the air force, started working jobs. Right. And it's not like I started working jobs because I was going to be an entrepreneur and I just needed these jobs to hold me over. I started working jobs because I was looking for the thing I wanted to do. You know, I really was, I, I, I didn't have a North star really. Um, I just, I was like, man, I, I know that I want to be rich. You know, like that was my goal as a kid. Uh, I don't know how to get there. I remember reading this book a long time ago that said in real estate, you know, real estate's how you're going to make it happen. So everything that I was doing was just to try and shoot up to to make a, you know, a bunch of money so that I could get into real estate investing. So when I started to change my mindset was around 2006, um, I just joined a network marketing company. And that network marketing company was named uh, Prepaid Legal. It's a phenomenal company, still around to this day. I think they changed their name to Legal Shield, but uh, great company, great, great company. I learned so many invaluable lessons in that in that opportunity. So that for me was my kind of breakthrough moment where I was able to step out of the mindset of what I was taught growing up my whole life. And was introduced to a mindset of abundance and wealth and all these people around me who kind of want the same thing, right? And so I would go to these trainings. I would read all these awesome books. And it just started really, really chipping away at my, my, my brain. And then I would go into action. You know, uh, there, there's a mentor of mine by the name of Jeff Olson. He, uh, he actually wrote this book called The Slight Edge, which is the first book that I uh, ever read from cover to cover out after graduating high school, you know, almost eight years later. Um, and so that book, man, it, it really spoke to me. And, you know, Jeff, Jeff Olson had a ton of, of great sayings, but he would always say, um, learn knowledge and activity knowledge. Those are the two types of knowledge um, that you, that you're going to gain. And they're both vastly different. You know, learn knowledge obviously is, is the learning. It's the sitting down. It's the, the watching the videos. It's the going to the seminars. It's the learning of this stuff. And then there's the activity knowledge where it's still a knowledge base. There's still some learning that's involved, um, but it's on a whole different, you know, uh, uh, realm, if you will. So the activity knowledge, you're actually getting out there. You're making the mistakes. You're, um, you know, th those, those are so important to make. And those are the, the main things that hold people back from moving forward is the fear of making those mistakes. And it's like, you got to realize that's the breakthrough. Like the, the fear of the mistakes is, is where you thrive, you know? So now I mean, I've been doing this long enough to when I feel that fear and those nerves, I get excited because I know I'm on path. You know what I mean? I know that, okay, good. This, this is the right direction that I'm heading in. Um, I love that. Yes. Yeah. So, so mindset all began 2006, started reading, started reading books and then started implementing this stuff. Um, cause they, the, you can read, I can read and learn all this stuff. You know what I mean? And I can get to a point where I can almost become a, uh, a consultant, you know, a business consultant based on everything that I've, I've learned, but it doesn't mean shit until you put it into action. It really doesn't. Yeah. And anyone who doesn't believe me, I challenge you by saying anything that you're learning right now, just go put it into action, right? Take, take the next two weeks and put that thing that you're learning into action. And when you come back at the end of two weeks, I promise you, you'll be, you, you could have learned that thing for the next six months 
to a year and you're still going to be further just by taking action. It's, it's such a weird thing that happens when you balance learn knowledge with activity knowledge. And so that's where I am, man. That's where I stay today. I don't just stay in the action mode. I go back and I learn. I take some time to, to read a new book and really, really think about it. Maybe read it a couple times, implement it into the business um, and just get back into the action. So, yeah, I, I want to point out something that you had mentioned just a second ago, and it's, it's being comfortable, right? Like you like the feeling now of almost being uncomfortable, right? Like you want that feeling, you crave that feeling because that's how, you know, you're advancing, right? You're moving forward. You're, you're doing something new. You're doing something uncomfortable because in the end of the day, if you're stationary, that means you're comfortable. If you're comfortable, that means you're not growing Uh, and that's not good right? Unless you're okay with that. But for the most part, no human being is okay with just being comfortable. We all want to advance in life. Now, whether that's at your company, whether that's at a job, whether that's in professional sports, whatever it is, you want to advance. That's, that's what gives humans, that's what gives us that feeling of, okay, I'm doing something with my life, right? So I think it's important, like you said, to mention that you want to feel uncomfortable. You should crave that feeling of being uncomfortable. Like you said, I like the feeling of getting on a call with someone I've never talked to because I don't know how it's going to go. I crave that because you're, you're advancing, you're growing as a person. And ultimately you need to grow to be successful. No one that's successful in this world, again, at whatever level or whatever it is, where they, are they stationary or were they ever stationary? And they just flipped a switch and they became successful. (laughs) That doesn't happen. Right kick your foot yeah, in the door absolutely. and then learn. So, and l- you know, l- let me throw out some practical examples out there of stuff that you have already succeeded in. You as a human being have already overcome this adversity. Let's talk about driver's licenses. For those of us who don't live in New York City. Well, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> but those of us that remember how scared you were. You know what I mean? When it came to getting your driver's license or even, you know, when you were a kid sitting on your parents' lap, that was exciting. But when it came time for you to be behind the wheel and you weren't sitting on anyone's lap and you were in total control, you were scared shitless. You know, and then when you went to try drive, my dad taught me how to drive using stick. Like we were driving a manual, his old Ford Ranger. And I remember I was just so scared. You know what I mean? But you, you did it, right? You know, you pushed through and now look at you. You can text and eat French fries and swing, hit your kids in the back while you're driving. Yeah. Yeah, Thinking about other stuff, you know, so it's the same with anything, you know, with, with, with running, with, with riding your bike, with, with anything you were bad at first, you were not good. You were not good. Never, you know, unless you were some savant, you probably weren't good right out the gate. You have to be bad at anything and be willing to be bad at it before you're good at that thing. So, Just know that, know that's part of the process and also know that, look, look, this is a very important example right now, right? This is, this is episode what, 001, right? No one's going to listen to this. Right. (laughs) For real, we can be as, we can be terrible on this podcast right now because the amount of listeners that we're going to get to this episode are so insignificant compared to the amount that we'll have years from now as we continue this podcast. Yep. Insignificant. No one's going to go back to the first episode and listen to this. So I can be paralyzed with fear right now. So for, for you that are listening right now, consider yourself fortunate. You, you're, got, you're getting to hear this podcast from the very beginning. And I can promise you, we're going to get better you know, as we do these things, just like you're going to get better as you do this thing. But we're not scared. We're pulling the trigger. We're going out there and doing it. We're, we're failing first. We're failing forward. We, we're doing the thing that that is necessary in order to achieve the outcome that we want to achieve. And that necessary thing is failing. 
failing forward. We started this podcast when Tanner uh, started the 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 outro. We realized that we weren't recording. <laughs> you know, like we're, like we're going to mess up, and so we could be scared and be like, "Oh, Tanner, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this podcast, man, because we're going to screw up." And what are people going to think about us? And we're going to release this thing to the wild. And, oh my God, my my mom can hear. It. Oh my, what if my dad hears it? What if someone says a curse word? You know, like we can have all these fears when we just really need to realize that those fears are good. Yeah. That's the good stuff. That's the stuff that's going to propel you. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I love that. I love that. Well, I guess as we uh, kind of wrap this episode up, what, what, let me ask you this then. What's your message to the world? Ooh, message to the world. Damn. My message to the world, man, that, that's a really good question. Look, I would, I would say this. You know, if there's one thing, I'm 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 gonna have to take a page out of Gary Vee's book. If there's one thing I wish for every single human being on the face of this planet to master, if you will, or at least have an innate understanding of, it would be self-awareness. My message to the world is the quicker you gain self-awareness and you understand who you are, you understand why you do the things that you're doing. Um, and you understand the value that you bring truly, not the bullshit value, not the value that you want to bring, the true value that you bring to the world, the world's going to be such a better place. And, and it'll go so much more smoothly for you. Um, you gain confidence through self-awareness. You gain so much. Um, and so I would just say, you know, let's all work on, well, work on being uh, more self-aware. I love it. I love it. And that's a good, that's a good, it's a good message to kind of end the episode on is because people need to really reflect and think of that and and think of stuff like that because it's important for them to understand, Hey, being self-aware means I'm ultimately going to be the best I can be at whatever I'm doing or just the best person I can be because they understand their flaws. They're okay with their flaws. They accept their flaws. They accept what they're good at. And then you can start working from there. Um, and figuring out, you know, which route you want to take and all that kind of stuff. So I love that. Um, and I think more people do need to become more self-aware to be. To be <laughs> Absolutely. Fact. So, um, no, that's awesome, man. And so tell people what your social handles are. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, get a hold of me, um, guys. Uh, so I'm I'm on IG. That that's probably the most fun way to interact <laughs> with me. IG and Facebook. My IG doesn't really look that real estatey though, because I I'm just I, I'm all more I'm more about lifestyle. So I like I like lifestyle stuff. But I need to start putting more uh, uh, you know real estate stuff up there. I will. I promise that. So, anyways, my IG is um, I'm the lifestyle dude. Um, so yeah, just the lifestyle deal on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Just search my name, Aisham Hipsher. It's either going to be me or it's going to be my dad. Um, so as long as you just don't friend request my dad, <laughs> we can connect. And uh, I left my phone number on an episode of To The Moon. So if any of you guys want to check out that episode uh, with Jamil Damji that I did on To The Moon, uh, you can cop my phone number and, and hit me up. I won't leave it here, but uh, it's there. It's, it's, in, it's in the world teaser. if you want to find it. It's a teaser it. to go watch To The Moon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Way to set it up perfectly. <laughs> well, brother Tanner, look, I, I'm just going to – I'll shut the show down by saying thank you for – um, being a phenomenal partner. Thank you for an, an incredible interview where you ask great questions and you, you give great points. 
Um, and yours is actually coming up next. So we, I, we're going to dive in and, and hear your story and hear how you came to this world and hear how we partnered up. And so I'm, I'm excited to hear, hear that one. So for all of you who want to learn more about Mr. Tanner Santucci, stay the Italian tuned. Stallion, baby. Yes, sir. Stay <laughs> tuned. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys up uh, on the next episode. Peace. See you. What up guys, thank you for watching or listening to another episode. And look, here's the deal. If you got value out of today's episode, we kindly ask that you subscribe and like and get this bad boy going. And look, if you're in Florida, we're in Florida. That's our marketplace. And we wanna help your deals get to the finish line. So if you got any deals that need help with Dispo, send us an email. We're at deals at unwindinvestments.com. You can also submit it via our property submission form online at unwindinvestments.com slash deals and guys we want you to be the next guest on our show so get out there and hustle and grind and let's get to work we'll see you in the next episode peace